Knoxville Game Design, February 2019, QBasic and GM48 entries, with Joe, Ruth Ann, Levi, Jacob, and Ruth. Welcome everyone to Knoxville Game Design for February 2019. We are game developers in the Knoxville and East Tennessee area. We get together once a month to talk about our game projects and topics in the games industry. Uh, this month we have four people, including myself. Uh, first of all, it's been a while since we've seen Ruth Ann. Ruth Ann is joining us. And we have from Morristown, Tennessee, the creator of Kufu's Delivery Service, which you can get on Steam, Joe Miller. Hello. And we also have uh, on the line Jacob. I'm not sure if his mic is working. My mic's working, I think. Great. Yeah. You sound perfect. Okay. So this month, uh, just had didn't have much news, anything. Uh, but I did want to bring up. This is sort of like the three year anniversary of this uh, of this podcast of this uh, online meeting. Um, so for the first year, it was basically an extension of our regular in person group meetings and basically we just looked at other indie games and gave our thoughts on indie games then after the first year we took it online and we started doing actual topics on game developments and things like that and actually for the group it's been going for nine years now if you go all the way back to when it was Knox and A and everything so yeah it's got kind of a legacy going on now and I counted on iTunes it looks like we have 37 total episodes now so if anybody out there listening you can go back and find all our old episodes uh, out there uh, not much news. I got contacted by someone, uh, I think a scoutmaster local in the local in the area, Douglas. Uh, he's looking for volunteers to do uh, a presentation or something uh, at a uh, it's like a scouting event in October. So I'm kind of leaving that up to Dylan and Jeffrey if they want to do that. I'll definitely support that, but I'm gonna let them do that if they so choose uh so last month the what we did and there was gm48 i forgot what the topic was uh, was uh colors colors exactly oh, colors yeah yes so i think this was one of the bigger uh gm48s uh, i think there were like over 100 entries weren't there joe yeah i think 107 wow yeah, that's that's quite a bit for GM48. Seems like the in the past when I've done them, there's been like sixty or or so, sixty or seventy. Mm -hmm. Uh, yeah. So uh, I guess I'll go ahead and do a show off. Jacob, did you have anything you wanted to show off this month? Uh, sorry, I just did something. Uh, I do have more. Uh, so I did work on my Trenches game project a little more. Oh really? I guess they can show off some of that if you want to yeah. see that. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That's the one that you did for your last Ludum Dore, right? Right. Yeah, and then you, you did that in Game Maker, and it was a uh, it's kind of like a 3D dungeon style game, and I think you had like a fear meter or something. Yeah. So I accidentally closed it, so I have to reopen it. Now. Oh, okay, that's fine. 
I'll go ahead and ask Ruth Ann. Uh, Ruth Ann, uh, did you have a website that you were working on? Yeah, I'd like for you to go and see it, but I'm not going to do it today. But I'm going to show you what the name of it is. Okay. Can you see it? Uh, if you might need to hold it up a little bit higher. I can't see. Okay, uh, me moth surrender a little bit higher. dot <laughs> uh, org or dot com. Okay, so everybody go out and visit me moth surrender. That's m e e m a w s u r r e n d e r e d dot com. Okay. Yeah. <clears throat> so yes, yeah, re really glad to have you back. I know you said you just had a minute to drop in and say hi and. I'm glad that everything's still going well. Uh, so you're still in North Carolina, right? No, I'm in Knoxville right now. I'm oh, in you're in Knoxville. But I, I spend a lot of time out of town over there because I have four grandchildren there now. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah. You're you're one of our longtime members. You've been coming ever since 2014, ever since the Metro Pulse article. <laughs> yes, that's what made me come, yeah. Yeah. One of my friends said, you need to go to that. Yeah. Then I just kept, I just kept going after that time. Yeah, that that was back when we were in uh, the other building, oh, the other yeah. Techco building over yeah. at the old city. Yeah, good times. Yeah. Very cool. So we're... it was a pretty big crowd that time too. I remember. Yeah, yeah. I wish we could get some more exposure like that. I, I don't have like contacts in the media. Like, of course, Metropulse. Uh, doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> yeah. But but uh, I don't know. Yeah. Hopefully. Uh, yeah. Hopefully we can do some more stuff. Get some more exposure like that, and get more participation in the group. Okay, Jacob, are you are you still working on getting your game? Oh, I see it there, Game Maker Two. Yeah. So. So far, I haven't. There's not. <clears throat> so far, I've changed the game a lot more. I guess, like, now you have an ammo meter instead of like shooting a normal fireball or something. You just shoot a bullet, and so you press space, and it shoots bullets, and it requires ammo. And you get attacked by enemies. Your sanity still goes down. This. <clears throat> The first, <coughs> sorry, <coughs> the first level hasn't really been changed in layout. As you can see, there's like trees over the actual trenches themselves, which I added in, and trees in the actual trenches. So like, there's a little more stuff around as well. I also improved the collision with enemies and the player. Yeah, this looks a lot, lot better than what I saw last time. Like you got the shooting, and like I like the trees in the background and everything. And yeah, you got the Resident Evil. I think you might have said it is like based off Silent Hill or something yeah. like that, where you got the the static cameras pinned at different areas, so you just kind of keep walking, and then the camera changes based on what area of the map that you're in. Yeah, and the first That's level hasn't changed really just some decorations so so what's the stuff coming out of their heads is that like are their heads on fire or? no it's like so they have like tentacles coming out of their head I don't really know why they just do mm -hmm. and so I changed it to where their bodies are different when they die like 
they're different from the normal body as you can see they have the weird pink tentacle thing now on the ground Very so cool. if I travel over here you can see there's the ammo boxes and they look a little strange yeah I see those I tried to put munition on it since that's the German word for ammo since you're a German guy but mm -hmm. It ended up just looking really weird, so I'll probably just change that to a green box. Yeah, this is very cool. I like it how you have like the little red line coming out so you can see which angle you're walking and which way you're shooting. Yeah. I did make a second level that's after this, and it's a little bigger. And oh, okay. It takes a little more time if I can get through this. So I wouldn't gotta... even know how to start doing this in Game Maker. It's that's a very interesting view and camera setup. Yeah, I just took like a tutorial to make like. What? Oh, I just took a tutorial to make like Doom sprites for 3D in Game Maker, and I turned it into this. It's impressive. <laughs> This is going to take a little while, and this hasn't really changed at all. So I'll just show you the second room, because that's a little more in-depth, I guess, or larger. So do you just have to find the exit to get out of the first room, or do you have to pick up a key or something? Well, that's not supposed to be there. <laughs> but okay. So that's... I don't know why that's there. That's for, like, a different thing. But I made... I tried to also make, like, a boss... And that was like one of its projectiles, and I don't know why these things are here. I don't think I put it in this room unless I accidentally did, but there's apparently pink things that are here now. And those are like the projectiles for it. I don't know why those are appearing again, but yeah. I also added in notes. Oh, okay. Also what did the notes do for you? Is that just part of the story? Yeah, it just says things. Like this note says, Dear Emily, I'm sorry. What that means, I, I don't know. But it uh -oh. means something. <laughs> Just kind of like making up the story as you go. Yeah. I don't know why that pink thing's here. Like, it, it can get shot at and die, but that's for, like, the boss thing, but that's not in this level. And I don't know why those things are here again. But this level is a lot bigger. And I think it might be something to do with I might have accidentally broken the fire object when I tried to make them. So I'll have to fix that. Yeah, I like the little pink guys with the eyes. <laughs> those are those guys are pretty gnarly looking. <laughs> the box is supposed to be like a big fleshy tree thing. That's why they look the way they do. Oh, okay. What did you just pick up there? Was that just That's part of that's the key. That's the key, okay. Like the last level, you had to get two halves of the key because I showed you that when I made the game a while ago. Yeah, it's amazing that you can do like this much in Game Maker, a full 3D game with shooting and, and 3D characters. Now, like all the characters are still 2D sprites, yeah. but they're like billboarded and everything, so if you move around or whatever they don't they don't look like cardboard cutouts or anything yeah i did it like you can add in models into game maker but that's a little 
more difficult than I'm willing to go. Mm -hmm. So they're just 2D sprites because that's easier for me to create. Yeah. Yeah, I like how the camera's smart enough to change whenever you walk, walk into a different area yeah. of the map. It just does that seamlessly. Uh, I don't know what just happened here. Oh wait, yeah, this is a different camera angle, different place. Sometimes it's disor disorientating because there's not a lot of difference up in these areas. Yeah. I probably should just add trees or more bodies or something. I remember playing Wolfenstein 3D when I was a kid, and I was like, <laughs> it can be very disorienting. Very disorienting. Remembering where you're at. It's also a little disorientating when you put the. I some of the cameras I accidentally put like the collision thing mm -hmm. for like the camera change a little too far, so you can't actually. So you like walk off screen and you don't know where you are like right now. I wonder if it'd be possible to like add a second camera with the mini map. So you're using Game Maker 1.4, right? Yeah, I'm still using Game Maker 1 since that one's a lot easier to use. Yeah, but, I think in Game Maker 2 you can have multiple cameras. Yeah. Uh, and so this is what the map looks like. Oh, okay. And so there's like trees and whatnot down all down here. So are the red lines, is that... That's the camera collision, yeah. Yeah, there you, you go. collide with this, this is when the camera changes. Very cool. So I walked into here, and I think I walked up here. Because, yeah, I might have accidentally turned the fire into that projectile enemy, and I didn't mean to do that. But, like, I, I think I walked up here, and so the camera changed and went right here. And the, like, collision thing's a little too far, so I'll just move this back, mm -hmm. like, right there. And there's like a key right there. Kind of looks it's like a, a Doom map. That kind of does. I, I remember working on Doom maps back in when I was in high school, and it looks very similar. Where you have like the trigger lines, you can draw trigger lines. So once you walked across this invisible line, then something happened, like a monster popped out, or or a door opened, things like that. Yeah. How old are you now, Jacob? I'm 15 right right now. <laughs> Wow, you're doing a really good job. Yeah, I didn't yeah. even start making games till I was like 15 or 16. <laughs> so it's always good to start out young. Yeah. How old were you, Jacob? About nine? I was like about eight when I started making video games. Maybe. I, I talked about it since I was like nine, but I didn't actually try to do anything until I was about 25. <laughs> <laughs> it's never too late to start. <laughs> <laughs> No, just how old was I? 62, 63? I'm 68 now almost. <laughs> <laughs> Never too late. You made a lot of games, Ruthann. I know you made like... For a woman, I did. Yeah, you made like five or six, I think, in processing. Yeah. Very cool. So, Joe, did you have your uh, game that you wanted to show for... Or that you want to show for uh, GM48? It was Three Tourists. Which was kind. Yeah. Of, it was kind of like a hybrid between Tetris and a match three game. I've I've kept working on it since the jam a little bit too. So I was adding different modes now. Mm -hmm. 
Yeah, um, I haven't seen the post compo version yet. Yeah, I haven't changed too much. I did fix a couple bugs I found, but I started with uh, standard mode. So the main thing I added these buttons here. That's mostly for mobile, mm-hmm. but you can still use the the keyboard W A uh, A S D, and spacebar is what makes it go down. Okay. And then I changed the cursor from being a little two block thing to being a highlight and select. Oh, okay. So that makes yeah. it a little bit more like uh, a match three game. Yeah. Uh, so as the pieces fall, they're white. You don't know what color they're going to be. You're just placing them like a Tetris piece. Mm-hmm. And then once they're touched down is when you can start moving the blocks around to try to make oh. matches. Yeah. And that's I, I, actually the only way, but you can't move them to an empty spot. Oh, you can't go to empty? Okay. Uh, that's the only way to get rid of pieces like to make more room and to like to play the Tetris board because it's still the same rules once it fills up to the top mm-hmm. and that's where game over is but if you make a line all the way across that doesn't clear out the blocks does it it doesn't but I was yeah. thinking about doing having that be something that you could do yeah um, and that's so this was the the jam mode basically mm-hmm. of where there's no Blocks don't fall, and you, um, yeah, nothing happens with the full line. It just once you fill up the board, it game overs. And then I started working on gravity mode, where the where the blocks will fall. So no matter where they put them at, they'll oh. go down and fill in the empty spots. I like gravity mode. It looks pretty cool. Oh, well, I didn't like Uh-oh. that. <laughs> okay, yeah. that. That's still working on that one. And then uh, the third mode I had was called tactical mode, where it still plays the same, mm-hmm. but the match threes that you create don't clear until you put down the next Tetris piece. Oh, okay. And I'll probably have this one fall down too, but I don't have that working yet. And the idea behind it is as long as you're still moving the piece around up here, mm-hmm. you can set up um, as much as you want to down here so that when it does hit and come down then it'll clear everything that you set up so that gives you a little bit more time to figure out what you want to do yeah but you you still got to keep in mind about where it's at and try not to block yourself in a corner or anything in the regular mode you could still clear pieces out in real time while the piece is falling so that you could like create a path for it to fall down into if you're playing quickly enough. I think that's the way Puzzle Fighter works. It like doesn't clear out the gems until you actually like land the next piece. Um, but yeah, notice like you don't know exactly what colors the current piece uh, is going to be until it lands. Was that the way your compo version was? Yeah. Okay. okay. Uh, and that's as when it's falling, when it's like this... Yeah, it's actually one. I'll be back. Sorry. Okay. It's one object. Mm-hmm. So it's just a, a falling block object that's in the shape of three blocks. Mm-hmm. Once it touches down, is when it actually gets to be converted into three separate um, cubes what or squares. Items. Yeah. Yeah. So at, while it's still in this part where it's white, I don't. They haven't been assigned colors yet. 
And if I did assign them colors, I'm not quite sure how I would keep track of which where you rotate it and where you put it down on the board so that it kept the right colors in the right spot. Yeah. Because uh, yeah. just, they're just random when it touches. Yep. I think I'd, I'd probably like to figure that out to have that be a thing too. Mm-hmm. But I'm, I'm not sure yet on that one. Yeah, I've written like a Tetris, a couple of Tetris games before, and was like, yeah, you gotta, your board is an array, and then you don't actually copy like the data for the falling piece into your board array until it actually lands and is set. One thing I did this time that I couldn't figure out the last Tetris game I made was how to do good uh, rotation, yeah. so that it actually can like figure out if it's an illegal rotation move. Mm-hmm. That it, that's where it flashes red there, so you can't go any further that way. Oh, okay. Yeah, because you don't uh, want your piece rotating outside the game board. Yeah. That's, I, that was messy. Yeah, I've dealt with that before, and I, I don't know what the best way is. Is like, well, do you uh, just like manually handle the rotation in an array yourself, or you, do you try to do a mathematical function where you map the rows to columns and... <laughs> But uh, for this one, I think I, I I made the board a thing, mm-hmm. and I made the edge of the board um, these wall pieces. Mm-hmm. So I do it in one block of code. I, I actually rotate it and check collision with the wall. Oh. And then if it if the collision is true, then I unrotate it and flash it red instead. Oh, okay. But I do it all within like a a curly bracket. Mm-hmm. So it gets run together, yeah, in one step. Oh, uh, okay, uh, yeah, that's really cool. Cause yeah, cause the problem is, is like if you rotate it, and then if it's out of bounds, and you got to rotate it back, and <laughs> try to yeah, and like uh, if it tries to move downward in that time, or if it gets stuck on a block or an edge or something else, but. So do you have plans on releasing this on mobile or Steam or anything? Yeah, I was going to go ahead and try to throw it on mobile. That's where uh, I've been messing around again lately. Um, yeah, so you like updated some of your older games? Okay. Yeah, uh, so throughout my, my older games, uh, there was a couple different points where I tried out different uh, ad mediators, like mm-hmm. the Google and AdMob and Firebase and stuff, so... I was just going to try to get them all uniform, Mm -hmm. but that means making a a working APK that Google will take as an update file, Yeah, some of those haven't been updated in three years plus, and there's been a lot of things changed with the Android, Uh, like I think that that bouncy bird I did, it was built to like API... 21 or something like that and they're on 28 or 29 now so there's different stuff that they do and don't like about how the permissions work or how even just inside a game maker is just how it's built out to be like for um, ARM 7 devices and ARM 5 devices mm-hmm. I did get it uh, up and running but it was it was a mess at, at first, it took a couple tries, and then with uh, Bouncy Bird in particular, Google ended up blocking it because they said that like I was infringing on 
my own rights. Oh, no. Because I was, like, going from a different email and a different login and everything. Oh, no. So they thought I, like, hacked Double Square and... I was like, no, it's still me. I had to write in and dispute it on the ticket thing, and they they have got to figure it out. But it, it got blocked at first for security. Yeah, I know. I had uh, two games on Google Play. I had my Minesweeper game, which is like a simple <clears throat> mine. Oh, it was Mind Sweep, but it was a Mind Sweeper clone. Uh, and it's still out there, but then I had Monster Hotel, was, which was like a Lemmings clone. And I, I had the same problem, well, similar problem. Um, it said that I was like using some permissions or something, like I was trying to get a hold of the microphone or something crazy like that. And I Yeah, I had to come in where this is at here in Game Maker, and, and these settings here, like, I had to tinker with them a lot and try and change... Stuff I was like, so I'm not asking for any permissions. Oh, there you go. Um, there's stuff in here like is game if you're using Google licensing, uh, how to do the icons and stuff. But yeah, I eventually got it the right set of stuff in here and got it to work and make a build. Yeah, mine was in Unity, so I don't know if Unity has options, they could have options like that. But it it may like all be in code where you have to like go in there and code something to turn off permissions. But I thought like the base permissions was like don't ask for anything. But yeah. But uh, I've had problems is like I think and another problem is like my game was so old I hadn't updated it since like 2015. So it, well, yeah, that was also the first time I had opened Bouncy Bird up in Game Maker Two instead of Game Maker One. So I had to go through the process of converting it. Yeah, which. That's not too bad. GameMaker does a pretty good job. Anywhere that, like, they've changed um, how something works, or if they've gotten rid of a script or something that you're using in your GameMaker 1 project, it, like, creates a script for you to convert it to the new thing. Oh, okay. Uh, but it's still kind of messy. So, like, uh, in GameMaker Studio 2 instance create doesn't exist anymore yeah it doesn't like, take a layer parameter yeah, or depth you have parameter. to do a layer or a depth you have to use those are the two like instance create underscore layer or instance create underscore depth but if you have that instance create in your game maker one thing when you import it into game maker mm -hmm. two it will make a script for instance create and then in that script, it runs instance create layer, and it just puts it on the default layer. Oh, okay. So that way, in your code, it'll still just say instance create, but instead of that being the command line code, it's now a script that runs the new command line code, and it kind of like fixes it for you. But it's it's not great for performance to do that, yeah. especially on a bigger project where you have hundreds of things, but. It will yeah. get it working at least. That's, that's an extra script call. Yeah, too bad it just doesn't yeah. automatically convert all those instance create to instance create layer, and then just default sign it to a default layer and let you. Yeah, know. no, it's not. But you could. I mean, that's the kind of stuff. Once you get it imported, you start working your yeah. way backward through your stuff and figuring out what needs to be changed and yeah. what needs to be updated. But it is good they added just like a workaround just to get you up and running in Game Maker 2 from your 
old Game Maker projects. Yeah, it does get pretty messy in the folders and the assets, though. But I think. So, uh, Bouncy Bird, this was a Flappy Bird clone, or? No, it was more of a clone of a iPhone game I had played when I first got an iPhone 3 way back in the day called, like, uh, Pappy Jump. Okay. Pappy and Jump? Okay. Yeah, it's, it's, uh... I don't think I've played this one. It's a really basic game. It's, it's the first thing that I learned how to make in Game Maker on my own. Oh, okay. So it was... I, it was... I, I played your memory farm game, and the little birdie there kind of looks like the memory farm. Yeah, it's the same. So this one... Uh, you just jump on the platforms. That's all it is. But it, it uses the uh, device tilt. Okay. To get the direction, mm -hmm. I can use arrow keys on the computer. But so, you, so got... you you don't actually have to touch the screen at all. You just uh, oh tilt your phone to the side. Oh, so it's using like the accelerometers or whatever the tilt detection. Yeah, and that was one of the things that had. Um, change too on here where uh, they now had it uh, it used to be like yo-yo device get tilt something or other and now it's just device get tilt oh okay but it had automatically changed it in here when I imported it into Game Makers 2 and made a made a uh, script to go fix it but then I, I came back through it and got rid of a lot of the scripts so these compatibility scripts or anywhere that I used code. Mm -hmm. This is code that I used in GameMaker 1. Oh, okay. All of these that are no longer in GameMaker Studio 2. Oh, okay. Uh, and then like Instance Create is where one where it, the same sort of thing. So instead of Instance Create being a thing, it's now Instance Create Depth. Yeah. And that was what it replaced it with. But anywhere in my code where I used instance create, it still says instance create, but now it's running this script instead of just being the direct call to the instance create. Yeah. Some of the, like this sound play too, like so sound play isn't a thing in Game Maker Studio two anymore. Now it's like audio, audio play. Yeah. yeah. Into that. So they they changed it from sound play to audio play sound. But in my old code, I had sound play, so now it made that a script that runs audio play sound and passes the sound to it. Same sort of deal there. So far, moving from GameMaker 1 to 2 has been pretty smooth. Like, nothing's been outright broken. Mm -hmm. uh, just figuring out how it decided to change things and making it fast again I guess because there was a um, uh, reflex this one I was having a little bit of trouble with reflex what is that the mirror laser grid game oh your game yeah 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 I yeah. That one, yeah when I first brought it over to two um, it is running really slow it's yeah. still working but it's it's like four frames a second for some reason yeah. so I was working my way back through all these scripts and getting rid of them yeah, and I know there's a way to like set the room speed. So if you do like want to try to run, it no, it's still yeah, it's at sixty, but it's the game itself is just running really, really slow. There's some kind of memory leak happening somewhere. 
that's not good. Yeah. Creating in, infinite objects on the invisible somewhere. Yeah, it's like not freeing up the memory or something. Yeah. Or objects are going away. Yeah, I think I only have like one, or I have one or two Game Maker 1.4 games. Like my Shape Quest game, which I did for Ludum Dare years, <laughs> a few years ago, probably in 2015. I don't know if it's really worth upgrading. I may upgrade it one of these days just to see if I can do it. Uh, then maybe, I think I did one GM48 game, one or two, Minor Madness and the the Ultra Ball. So uh, I just haven't had a reason to upgrade them. I guess if I did want to put them on uh, Google Play or something, then I'd upgrade it. Oh, is this your uh, Pathfinding game? Yeah, it looks like it's... So I, it isn't I've, isometric anymore. No, I went 2D with it. Oh. Top down, sort of. The, that probably uh, makes things a lot I... easier, though. I don't, I don't think the people work yet, though. I think they still kind of run around. So that's what's one of the things I was working on was, oh, yeah, he's just heading off. <laughs> Converting it to 2D. But this is still going to be the the other game I want to make if I get going on it again, where you can build buildings in these hmm. spots. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like a SimCity type thing. Yeah, and then you know, they'll employ people like fighters and archers, mm -hmm. and they'll run around the town. And then you'll also build, uh, oh, no, that's broken. Shops and equipment managing places. I think once I get um, Threetris out on, on Android, at least, and probably iPhone, the iPhone is something I haven't even opened my Mac laptop in a, like a year so I know there's going to be a lot of updates. Yeah I've tried compiling for Apple and Game Maker before and it's always it seems to always be a headache because like you got to have the right tools on your Mac and then you got to make a connection from your Windows PC to your Mac and have it like registered as a remote device and I just never took the time to get it working right. But uh yeah, I, uh, I know when I was working on my Zeko no Tomodachi game, the little blob game, I started for one of the GM48s. Um, uh, I did a post-compo version, started using that A-star pathfinding algorithm or ability in Game Maker. It's, yeah. it's, it, I had to follow a tutorial to do it, but after I got it working, it seems to work pretty good, but you just got to get all those little settings right, and you got to get your the thing that you want to pathfind the right size, because if it if it's too big, even with the pathfinding and game maker, sometimes it can get stuck on corners and not go around things properly. Right. I haven't messed with it too much. It works pretty good. It's... You just give it like an array of the walls, the wall objects, and mm -hmm. the thing that you want to move. And I think you just give it a target and it tries in a speed, and then it tries to find the best path to get to the target position. Uh, yeah, so let's. Current plan is is to finish up the tr three tris and get that out. Just kind of riding the uh, post jam motivation. It did pretty good. It got a lot of positive feedback. So. Yeah, I played. It, I liked it. And yeah, it seems like it was very popular. I definitely think that's one that you should put out there on mobile. And yeah, I'm just trying to decide how far I want to take it. 
um, like myself as far as do, do I want to upgrade the, the graphics, the menus, like do I want to try to make it prettier mm-hmm. um, and add things or like worry about online leaderboards or achievements or anything like that or just kind of get a couple game modes working and just go ahead and throw it out there just to go through the process of releasing a game again and I don't know, that's that part of it is always somewhere I get hung up. Yeah, um, that's always a big decision to make whether you want to release now. I know I've had that problem as well. Do I want to release this early or do I want to put more work into it and make it look really good? Or but I don't want to put too much time into something if it's not gonna like take off. So sometimes it is good to just release something and see what type of response it gets. Yeah. Can I ask a question that's really for my son? Sure. <laughs> I want to know, let me tell you, he's he's a doctor and he works full time, but on the side, he's made this app that he's been working on for a while, that if you have a heart attack or a cardiac arrest, uh, your chances, if, if they call uh, the emergency, just like that, your chances of uh, survival is like 7%. And so his app makes that number go up. Oh, okay. The thing is... Um, I can tell you why, but it doesn't matter. But anyway, it's a very useful app. The president of the AMA actually is very interested in it getting out too. But anyway, he's doing the programming himself, and he doesn't know if he releases it, the process. How do they test it? Oh. How do they test it, like for Apple or for um, Android? Yeah, if it's a mobile app, you can, you just have to pay to get a Google developer account. I think it's like $25, and then... It's good yeah. for all lifetime. Um, I can't remember if there's any quality tests that you have to run. I think you just got to build an APK and uh, well, you you upload it to them, and then they'll take it somewhere. Android is pretty fast, usually within a day. Okay. Uh, Apple, I've had take up to like a week, okay. and they'll tell you that they're happy with it and that you can release it whenever you want. Okay. So they they bounce it back to you and say whenever you're ready to hit the button. Hit the well, how, how do they check it if they don't know the 12 types of um, heart attacks and the kinds of medicine you would give and all that kind of thing? How, how would um, they- I don't think they would. I, th- I think they leave that up to you to be oh. th- that the material is correct in, within your app. They're just going to make sure it's not a virus. Oh, okay. It's not malicious code. Okay. So I mean, it's it's if you're doing some a reference kind of app, that's I don't think they're worried about whether you're correct or not because they'll let okay. users will let you know whether yeah. you're yeah yeah. Okay, so basically, he just has to get a developer license for for iOS and for Android, right? Yeah, Android's only twenty five bucks, and iOS is a hundred. That's what I thought. Yeah, I think iOS is a hundred per year. That's another yeah, yeah to keep it up. Yep. But yeah, that sounds very cool. Yeah, I know for like the Windows Store, um, it's also like twenty five or twenty six dollars. But you, they actually run because I've got a couple of games on Xbox One, Kitty's Adventure, and Turn Back the Clock's War, and the, they'll actually run some local test uh, before you even upload it, to make sure it doesn't break and things like that. But like they don't actually test the the content or anything like that. But yeah, I'd be interested in that app. I, I had a heart attack. I tell you how you can look. I tell you how you can look it up. He first did it on one of those um, weekend 
like jams like things and when he first wrote it uh, but so this is about his very first um, you know one but if you go to code timer one word c-o-d-e-t-i-m-e-r mm-hmm. if you, i mean if you uh, google code timer and john manning uh, the, uh, youtube and some other article will come up oh, okay code so, timer uh, john manning yeah and yeah. code timer C-O-D-E-T-I-M-E-R, one word. Yeah, I'll check that out. Yeah, I had a heart attack back in 2013. I was like 33 years old. I didn't know I was having a heart attack. You may have heard the story before, but it was just like late one Sunday night, and I stood up out of my chair, and all of a sudden I felt all this pressure in my chest. I'm like, what in the world? I thought it was like indigestion or a cramp or something like that. I was like, this isn't going away. So thankfully I live pretty close to the hospital, so I drove down to the emergency room over there. And uh, I was like, okay, I'm just having chest pains. I don't know what's going on. So they take me back into one of the rooms, and all of a sudden there's they they hook me up and everything. Then there's like ten doctors around me and everything. And yeah, it wasn't a fun experience. But uh, so I think I just had like myocardial infarction, which they they said it was a plaque rupture. So oh. I, was like, I didn't have cardiac arrest. It's just, so my heart was still beating. It's just like a blood clot broke off and got stuck. Ooh. So it couldn't pump out blood to the rest of my body. So I always had a heart attack once too, but I ended up with a quadruple bypass. You can read all Ooh. that on the website. Yeah. Yeah. The, the fun, the not fun part was like being on blood thinner for a year. I think I was on effient for a year. So if you just barely even nick yourself, then you could bleed to death. So you yeah. be really careful and everything, but thankfully I've been, haven't had any more heart problems since I did a, uh, stress test about a year ago. And, uh, that came, I think that came back. Okay. And everything. So I'm glad you're doing good. Yeah, me too. <laughs> Oh, so Joe, did you have anything else you want to show? Uh, no. Okay. Um, since I mentioned it, I'm gonna show off my the thing that I did in Game Maker a couple of months ago. Share screen. Share me. Um, I don't have it up right now. Well, here's the one that I did for GM48. Uh, it's called Iro no Hoiru. I don't know how to turn the sound down. So basically, it's kind of like a wheel of fortune. You spin the little wheel right here, and it's going to land on the spot. And it's going to move to whatever uh, spot, closest spot of that color. Um, so I kind of have it like, uh, I think it's like sheets and ladders or something like that, where you move to the nearest color that it lands on so now it's going to go up to this one so you can earn points you can get free spins i was kind of thinking like press your luck where you can earn extra spins and things like that but uh yeah you got 10 total spins and once you run out of spins and the game's over with uh, so now so basically you move left to right and down to up i need to make it work you can go back and forth would make it a little bit more uh, more logical and moving around things like that. There are bankrupt squares where if you land on a bankrupt then you lose all your points and you just have to start all over again. So that was my GM48 and I was going to show off the work that I did on my other 
the previous GM48. Fun. Oh, it's not extracted yet. Extract all. Extract. And run this. Yeah, so this is the one that I started for the last one. But I added a lot of extra stuff to it. It's kind of like a Zelda game where you can move room to room. And you got this blob, your buddy, your Tomodachi here. And he can eat like these little capsule jelly beans and that gives him additional powers. And he basically fights for you. So it's kind of like a pacifist game. You can't actually like shoot or do anything yourself. Uh, you just walk around and he follows you around. Um, but yeah, the little the little power pellets here they can make you shoot faster or give you more shots or increase the rate of fire. But this is using that A-star pathfinding algorithm. So he can like, navigate around all these little trees right here. And you can see around him he's got this little highlighted area. And that's where, that's kind of like his aggro range. So he can know when he's going to attack somebody. Um, but I've spent a lot of time adding like different boss fights in this game. Um, so I need to space out the bosses a little bit more evenly. Um, oh, this must be an earlier version because I had a, a fly boss here. <laughs> he's not here. Let's see if this... Okay, oh, here's the fly boss right here. So he kind of just flies around, and then when he gets shot, then all these other little flies like, pop around and circle around him. I'm not going to go through the whole fight, it takes a while. This was like a little caterpillar centipede thing that shoots at you, so once he gets shot, one of his eyes closes, and then you got to kill a little smaller one and go through the same process a few times. And... Yeah, this is like the ladybug enemy. He just tries to charge you. These are kind of like the ropes in Zelda. The little snakes. They kind of charge you. You're on the same level. Um, this is a little hoppy grasshopper guy. <laughs> Hops around. Yeah, I did all this in Asprite. All the sprites. So I may do an Asprite. Um, these are kind of like the tech tykes in Legend of Zelda. Where they jump around. And little groundhog guy, he just spits these little projectiles at you in waves. And then he's got his little smaller ones that pop up and down and shoot at you. And then here's the spider, he shoots like webs at you. And if you get stuck in a web, then you can't move for a little bit. Yeah, it's kind of hard. You gotta not get them like where you can actually uh, get them in that aggro range so he'll attack. So once he gets hit, then his eyes close. Then you gotta clear out all the other fighters, and then you'll be able to attack him again. And here's some new enemies. These aren't done yet. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm gonna do with these guys right here. So that will still work on that one. Um. So yeah. Uh. This month. I, th I was going to talk about uh, like how I got started in game development and if anybody else wants to share <laughs> memories of game development uh, welcome to share that as well but yeah I got my computer my first computer over here this was a 386 Wang right here uh, it had the old school disc caddy right here <laughs> where you put CDs in 
but I tried to power this sucker up last night and it made like kind of a zapping sound <laughs> and wouldn't start up. But yeah, it's a 25 megahertz processor. It started out with one megabyte of RAM, uh, upgraded it to four megabytes to, uh, to run SimCity 2000. It played Wolfenstein 3D pretty good though. How much did it cost? I, th I think it was $1,000 back in the day. Or $9.99 or $9.90, something like that. Uh, so let me share out. Oops. Share screen. Make sure I'm still recording. So the first programming language that I kind of learned, that I kind of taught myself, it was called QBasic. And I have some slides here too. Is this Back like with the calculators run? The um sort of like that because I, I did do some like TI eighty five programming and mm -hmm. it was sort of similar to that, <clears throat> but this could do a little bit more. Um, so basic is beginner's all purpose symbolic instruction code, and QBasic was standard on all Windows IBM compatible machines through the DOS five command prompt. So if you want to go back and run these old games, you got to use this program called DOSBox. It's a free program that you can go out and download. You can also download the old QBasic executable. You may <coughs> want to double check. Okay, so here's DOSBox right here. Um, you can just go out and download and install it. Pretty easy to get up and running. Uh, if you use sites like GOG.com, good old games that have a lot of old Windows games, they run a lot of those through DOSBox. Um, but yeah, there's a site, uh, QBasic.net, uh, that has the executable. I'll put links to this on the website and everything. You may want to double check the license and everything. I think it's freeware now, but um, I don't know if you have to prove you have a license or not for this. So double check that. Um, but yeah, that'll get you up and running. So I started DOSBox over here, and it'll give you a little window. Um, there's some settings that I recommend uh, for using DOSBox and you can configure DOSBox in the, it's in your C users uh, app data which is a hidden folder, local DOSBox, then DOSBox version number .comp file and the settings that I usually set for this is window resolution so you can by default the original windows resolution is pretty small so i bumped that up to 1024 by 768. Um, some reason i had a problem with the surface output render so i changed that to OpenGL. and also at the very bottom there's a section called auto exec so anything this is kind of like an auto exec bat file so anything that you put in here this will automatically get executed whenever you start DOSBox. Uh, so what I have in here is to, in order to access files uh, on your local system, because whenever DOSBox starts, it kind of starts in its own little VM type thing. It doesn't know anything about anything outside DOSBox. So you actually have to mount uh, any local system. So I have this mount command where it mounts my uh, QBasic directory uh, to C. So I can, like an old school DOS prompt, you can just type C colon, then that will 
put you right here in my uh, QBasic directory, which is actually in another directory on my actual file system. Um, and yeah, so once you start running DOSBox, it's just like old school DOS. Everything has to be in 8.3 format. So if you got long file names and you have, have to start working with the use the tilde one and things like that, so better to keep it 8.3. So how I really got started, uh, I, I ran this QBasic program. I was like, oh, this is kind of neat. It's a compiler. This is that days like 1995 before the internet where you could just go out and download a compiler uh, I guess they had like Visual C++ that you could get from CompUSA but uh, this was one right there on my computer right there which is really cool so the best way that I I know to learn is to look at other people's work so in QBasic, there were a couple of programs. You, know, you just type in QBasic on the command line, and they included a couple of games with this. Oh, let's see here. I think is no, that's not it. Maybe I moved it up to old program. Yeah. So the problem. They were both kind of fun. One was called Nibbles, and this is kind of like the old school snake game. Uh, so here's the program right here. You can see like you got custom data types and QBasic even have a, had a concept of subs which are kind of like sub procedures or functions and I'll talk a little bit more about that. So just run it with F5. Increase speed. Yeah, why not? You can pick color or monochrome. So I'll pick color. <clears throat> so this was done all done with ASCII art. So you got, and it's kind of, so that's why it's kind of blocky and everything, but you can just move this little snake around and he goes and he eats the numbers and as he eats each number, then he gets a little bit longer, but you just got to make sure you don't crash into yourself or like crash into a wall. I guess you lose point, you lose a thousand points every time you crash into a wall. So... Unfortunately, with a lot of these, you're kind of stuck in it until you actually uh, get to the game over. <laughs> mm, yeah, play again, no. And the second game, so this was really helpful. So I was able to like see this game and then go through the code as well um, to learn the language. This one was called Gorillas. Uh, player, oops. <laughs> How many points? Just do one point. Are we throwing the bananas at each other? Yeah, this is the bananas game. Yeah. I've played this one. Yeah. So we don't want to view the intro. Let's just play the game. So you got like this little cityscape here. And you type an angle. So I'll do like 45. Velocity. I don't know. I'll do 100. Then you throw the banana. Sometimes you can hit the sun. Um, but the objective is to hit the other guy. Oh, it doesn't have like any AI or anything, so um, so it's basically you enter for each floor. Then if a banana hits a building, then it kind of uh, uh, knocks that part of the building out. A real-time destructible environment. Yeah, it's kind of like Rampage. Let's see if I can get out of this now without killing everything. Control break, control C. See, that's the problem with these old games. I don't feel like playing this whole thing, so I want to kill this. 
and restart DOSBox. Um, go back to C and Q Basic. So, a little bit about it. One nice thing is it had documentation built right in. So you can just press F1. Oh, so let me load one of my games. This one, this is the last QBasic game I did. I kind of ran out of memory. It got so big. <laughs> but uh, yeah, you can just like put your cursor like on go to or like on screen and press F1. Then it will give you, it's kind of like a man page. It'll give you all this information about, uh, press F6 to go down here. And it'll give you documentation on how to use uh, these commands right here, which was kind of pretty handy right there. Those, I made a note over here, this was the days before uh, the internet. You had to actually go to a bookstore to get API or programming documentation. So it was really helpful when it's built, built right in. Uh, as I mentioned, Shift F5 runs your game anew. I think you can continue just using uh, F5. And let's see here. F2, you can view subs. So these are like all the sub procedures that I have for this game. So that kind of uh, broke out the code in the separate sections, which you can call. And Alt FO, levels of program and controls. I don't know. I, I have problems with Control C sometimes. I think Control C only works if uh, you're at like an input pause, like you're waiting for input. So this was one of my first ones. It's like an RPG. This was back when uh, Final Fantasy was very popular. And I wanted to make my own little Final Fantasy game here where you pick your character. Be either male or female. And had like little simple worlds. I think you got to have number lot pressed for a lot of these. But you could go to like these different worlds, which a lot of these weren't finished. And I had problem, a little bit of a problem. There was a concept called, like you didn't have like real-time screen refresh. And you didn't have like double buffering or anything like that. So basically you just kind of redrew over the areas that you'd already drawn. Um, there is a concept called Bitblit, which is kind of like that, where you actually just only redraw over that one part. Like clear the damaged portions of the screen. <clears throat> But yeah, I have a full <coughs> playthrough of this game online, if anybody wants to see the whole thing. So I'm going to had a nice little menu here where you could like equip items and use potions and things like that. Uh, yeah, I, I never really did totally finish this game, but it did have like a, a save feature. One thing that I was kind of proud of was like the color customization so you could like give your characters different colors however you wanted them to to look and that would show up in the battle itself so let's go ahead and exit out of that um i had some very simplistic games which uh were kind of like the first ones i ever made uh like a simple blackjack game 
Uh, I have all these on my GitHub site. I'll post the link to these uh, so anybody can download them. But uh, it's pretty good. That's like back when we had line numbers and go-tos. You didn't have to use go-tos. Um, press enter, two players. It's like you have in your hand flip card. You can hit for yes or two to stand, like bet 50. It didn't even have dollars or anything. It shows you what your hand is in the dealer's hand. Pretty simple game. Do you use labels and go-tos? Is that how... Yeah, so each of these numbers is kind of like a line number. Um, actually, I did some programming on the Apple II. Apple had its own version of BASIC, so that's kind of how I learned some of the uh, uh, programming, like how to go to different places. So, But yeah, go-tos are bad. You should never use them these days. This was like a simple dartboard game. You just randomly like throws darts at different portions of the, of the screen right there. Um, we'll see. Um, pull this back down a little bit. File open. Here's a high-low game. Basically, just bet high or low. Press enter to continue. Like bet ten, bet high. Die came up a three. Die two. And you got these cool little ASCII guys there. <laughs> Whenever you win or lose. File open. There's like some, <laughs> like a Mary had a little lamb simulation here. Baba. <laughs> it was pretty neat how you could actually do music in QBasic. I have some slides about that. Um, here's some of the simple command structures. Print, you can use to display text and variables on the screen. There's actually a locate where you can actually pinpoint what portion on the screen you want to draw to. In read input using input and store that in a variable. You got your classic do, while, and loop statements. Uh, you also have if, then, and else uh, for determining like, whether something's true or false and what to do in those cases. Your standard comparison operator is greater than, less than. Not equal is like two, less than or greater than sign. And equal is actually just one uh, equal sign, not two. Assignment is also equal. To generate random numbers, you got the RND function. You always want to call randomize timer for your game at the beginning if you want to have a unique set of numbers come up. Otherwise, you're going to get the same random numbers each time, which could be useful in debugging, but uh, not very fun if for your end user players. Uh, there's an int for casting to integers, and you got your standard arith arithmetic functions. Um, here's one that I recently wrote. is like a number guessing game. Uh, and this is all command line based. So CLS clears your screen, and it's like, welcome to number guessing game. Just use a print statement. And uh, QBasic has this notation where you put a percent sign after integer variables. I don't think you have to do that. I don't think that's just a standard convention. So we're going to like assign a random number. So it will generate a number from 0 to 99. Then we add 1 to make it 1 to 100. And then we're going to set this tries variable to 0. And then we're going to start a loop here. And so while the guess, while your guess number does not equal the random number, then we're going to ask the user to enter a guess. 
increment the number of tries. Then if the guess number is less than the random number, we're going to say, oh, the actual number is higher. Otherwise, if your guess is higher than the random number, we're going to say go lower. Or if it's equal, then say uh, correct. And really, there should be like an escape right here or break so you don't keep playing forever. Um, let's see if I have that up and running. So C, Q, basic. And file open. And no, those were the. Yeah, I may not have these. Oh, yeah, number guess right here. So run this one right here. So let's say 50, then it's higher. 75, higher. Let's say 90, lower. 80, correct. Four guesses. I guess it does bell out. Let's see here. Oh, yeah. So whenever your guess equals the random number, then it will no longer do the leap because it says do while. It does not equal that random number. Uh, here's some drawing primitives. So there's different screen modes and like if you look at the help documentation, there's a lot of information uh, about the different screen modes. Basically, they determine the resolution and the number of colors that you have the ability to use. So typical ones are like screen 7 and screen 12. Uh, to draw a line on the screen, you use line and the x and y coordinate from within parentheses then dash then the location to then uh, you specify the color and i'm not sure where these are defined but it's like two is green three is cyan four is red i think it goes all the way up to like nine and then you have a second set of colors which are like the highlighted versions of those colors uh, you can also pass in this B parameter, which will make it a box or a square rectangle, or BF, which makes it a filled rectangle. Let's see if I have this one loaded up. Lines. So F5. Oh, no. Didn't want that. <laughs> yeah, that's the sound playing. Okay. That's good. But yeah, I have these defined right here, so you can like actually run this code to see. Uh, these different things. I actually have the drawing commands commented out right now. You do comments using REM, uh, which stands for remark. Uh, you can also do a back tick, I believe, in QBasic, and that will also uh, comment them out. You also have commands to draw circles, uh, basically circle, and then you specify the cent center point, and then that back up and then you want to specify the radius and then you can also define how big of the arc you want to draw so if you only want to draw a half circle then you pass in 3.14 as the last parameter which is pi so um, pi is 180 degrees half circle 2 pi is 360 degrees a full circle and 90 degrees would be pi over 2, so you only get uh, a quarter of a circle. And, uh, and the only one downside to circles is there's no way to uh, get a filled circle without using this paint command. So what paint does is you specify a location on the screen, and it's going to flood fill everything, kind of like in the old paint program. It'll flood fill everything within the boundaries of the color that you define. So if I draw a, color, a circle, 
that uh, color 15, which is white. It'll be like a, uh, an outline of a uh, white circle. But then you say, oh, I want to fill it with green, which is two. Then it'll fill everything within that, which is within that uh, white circle. Uh, there's also a command to do shapes, uh, which is pretty nice, like polygons. Uh, you can define different pin movements up, down, left, or right. It's kind of like Logo and the little turtle uh, drawing program. <laughs> so you just tell it which direction to go and how far. And you can de define these movements in a string. Uh, QBasic uses a dollar sign after the variable name to denote a string. I don't think you have to do that, but it keeps things uh, kind of straight. And yeah, you use the BM. Uh, parameter to move your pen to a certain position on the screen uh, without drawing. Uh, as I was saying earlier, to print text to the screen, you use uh, uh, print, but you can use locate uh, to put it in a different position. Uh, when you're printing like a string in different variables, you have to separate those parameters with a semicolon. I don't know if I have an example of that right here. Uh, and you don't want to use commas because that will add additional space between your variables. Uh, I talked a little bit about like the playing of music. Uh, you use the play command uh, and then you pass the play command a string and the string just basically contains all the notes. So you can use like C, D, E, F, G, A, B, standard musical notes there. I think you can do sharps and flats, I can't remember. Use the L uh, in your string to specify how long each of those notes play. And you can use O to change octaves. There's also a sound command where you can actually just play a certain wave frequency. Then you pass in the, uh, uh, the duration of that. So you can get lots of cool sound effects with that. Uh, QBasic does have the concept of structures, which I didn't know about. I didn't know anything about structures when I was a kid. But this is just a nice way to encapsulate data in an object. So like here I have a player with an X and Y position. So you can just define X and Y inside this player type. Makes things a little bit cleaner. Uh, use the DIM. I think DIM stands for dimension. It's kind of like an instantiate in, in, in GameMaker and other programs. Um, yeah, so that just makes a new object for you. You can also have arrays. You also use the dim command, and then you give it the name. Then in parentheses, you say 1, 2, and then the ending uh, or the size uh, of your array. Then you do as, and then the type of structure that you want in your array. Mentioned earlier about sub procedures. There's also functions. I forgot how to access. I think you also access functions from F2 or somewhere in here. Maybe they're somewhere different. Edit. Yeah, there's, so there's new subs and new functions. I'm not sure. I guess they're also listed under the subs as well. Um, yeah, so to return a value from your function, you just assign the return value to your function name. You don't use return in QBasic. And also, I made a note here, I guess I didn't have anywhere else to put it. If you want global variables that are shared between functions or uh, sub-procedures, you use common shared for that variable, which is sometimes helpful. Uh, 
use end keys to read input from the keyboard. Uh, here's a cool site right here with the different key codes. Let's see if I can bring this up real quick. So if you want to get like the different alt codes or arrow keys, things like that, you can view that right there. And this also has a nice little chart of extended ASCII characters. So if you want to use a smiley face guy, then you can do that. Or if you want to do some cool ASCII art, here's more extended ASCII character codes right there that you can use. And this is how you actually write the code for getting arrow input, which really isn't pretty. And here's a little bit of code like for delaying between frames. Um, I did one quick game recently. It's kind of like a little space shooter. Let's see if I can load that up. Shooter right there. So you basically just have like a player type, bullets, enemies, and a few different sub-procedures for handling collisions. So this is back in the day when you actually had to write all the collision code yourself, but you can move your little guy around, ship, and shoot a little pixel at these guys, and your score goes up as you hit them. It seems like the collision is a little bit off right here, but I got the sound where uh, it'll beep whenever you kill the guy, and then if you collide with one of the circles, then you lose a life until you lose all three lives. But yeah, this has a problem, like there's a concept, which I don't even know if anybody talks about it anymore, but double buffering. So this is like drawing everything directly to like the, and I didn't mention earlier, there's like different video um, like modes. One is called VGA, which is video graphics array. There's EGA, which has fewer colors and a lower resolution, and then CGA, which also doesn't have as many colors. Now, I think later there was a Super VGA, which had like 1024 by 768 resolution. Um, yeah, so I forgot where I was going with that. But anyway, you just got to make sure you got the right video resolution. And Oh, yeah, so the double buffering, it would like draw directly to... Uh, the video memory so as it's changing things then it would dynamically draw those to the screen so with double buffering basically you draw to an off-screen buffer and then you take once you're finished drawing the entire screen then it dumps all of that to the video memory so you get a nice clean image flip of an image every time so in most game development environments uh, like unity unreal game maker it handles that for you but if you're dealing with some of these older languages like cubasic or even java older versions of java you actually had to do the double buffering yourself uh, here's a couple of websites that have pretty good cubasic references if anybody out there is interested in learning more on this Pete's Cubite. Oh, and Dylan actually started with Cubasic as well. Uh, maybe you'll be able to tell us a little bit more about the games that he developed. But uh, let's see here. I actually downloaded a few of them from his uh, Bitbucket. So Cubasic and file open Dylan and he had a pretty cool little space shooter here, space fighter. Uh, I think you get SF1.bass, F5. 
So this one you actually had to type in the location of your save file. And I had this here, I think somewhere. Yeah, so ran it from C, oops, colon batch slash Dylan space. So this is like a long directory name, so you gotta do space tilde F1. And oh no, still didn't like that. Let me try one more time. F5. Shift F5. C Dylan space F tilde one. Enter. Okay, it doesn't like. But it's a little nice little uh, ASCII shooter. Uh, he did have some other ones. I, th I forget the name of the program that he used, but he was able, able to actually make executables uh, from some of his games. So we had like this one called Note Man. And Note Man. So it's kind of like a little Pac-Man game. And you can move your little note around and collect the dots here. And I guess like the little smiley face guys were ghosts and you got the power pellet eat the ghost like that. So, pretty neat little ASCII Pac-Man game that Dylan made. Um, let's see here. You had one called Game Pad. I think this was like a collection of mini games. So we had one that's just like a simple paddle game. One, one point. And let's be the face guy. So you can kind of move the paddle around and hit the little smiley face around. I don't know how he did the graphics in that. It's like simple paint graphics, but getting like graphics like that to display uh, was pretty good. Let's see, he had a go.exe, yeah, Wolfware, uh, Hovercraft. He he did some pretty cool animations, like ASCII animations. I don't know if I played this one. Make sure you got the number lock on. Mm, escape, exit, Z, pause. Let's see. I don't know how to make it go. Z pause. Escape exit. Okay. Oh, here. Whoa. I hadn't played this one. Wow. <laughs> so you got like these little things shooting at you and uh, laser blast here. Exit out of that. Uh, you had like a slot machine game in ASCII. So it looks like you pulled the lever and it comes up with like the different little ASCII art characters. Let's see if I exit out of that. And snag a box. CD snag a box. And snag a box. And press 1 to start. So this is a neat little game where you can walk around and collect the different boxes. And you can jump using up. And you got to avoid the little blocks. I don't know how you jump up and over. But you can kind of just like zap these guys and pick up the smiley faces. Quick, yes. Exit title, yes. Yeah, so that's just basically an overview. Let's kill this right here. Get this back to me. 
Yeah, quick overview of Cubase. Oh, it looks like we have Drew. Drew joined us here. <laughs> hey, Drew, can you hear us? Yeah, he may not. Uh, uh, yeah, I can hear you. Yeah, uh, how's it going? Uh, I'm doing well. Um, yeah, my laptop goes a little crazy when I uh, turn on the video and stuff like that. But uh, oh, okay. Um, yeah. Um, so anyway, I'm not showing any video right now. But yeah, I, I actually meant to tune in when you you guys got started, but. I just kind of came in in the middle of this, but um, I was just kind of observing, and um, uh, I haven't actually been to uh, watched a, a lot of these um, Knoxville game design videos. But oh, okay. Well, thanks. So. Yeah, well, thanks for joining us. And yeah, if you ever have anything you want to show off or uh, talk about, let us know. Uh, we're just now getting ready to wrap it up. <laughs> yeah, no problem. Um, but yeah, I'll probably be back next month for you guys do this monthly, right? Yeah, yeah, we do it the second Sunday of every month at 2 p.m. Eastern time. So uh, okay. typically Great. we have a set topic every month, uh, and usually we announce that a few days before. Uh, but everyone's welcome to show up and, uh, I don't know, uh, show off any game projects, anything in work, any, anything in progress, things like that. Okay, great. Hey, Jacob, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to show off this month? Uh, not really. I didn't have anything else I wanted to show. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah, so everybody can find uh, Jacob. I'll have his site linked uh, on the show notes. I think it's Big Old Tom with underscores in between on Game Jolt. You can find his games yeah. there. Uh, Joe, did you have anything else you wanted to show off this month or talk about? Uh, no, I'm just uh, I'm gonna try to get three trips out on mobile by next month's meeting. So hopefully that'll drive me to do that. Yeah, that'd by be saying awesome. it now. <laughs> yeah, so everybody out there, you can find Joe at doublesquarellc.com and um, and doublesquarejoe on Twitter. And yeah, I just broke a thousand followers on Twitter this week. Awesome. <laughs> yeah, I've seen you've been tweeting a lot lately, and I've been trying to retweet those and like them and everything. Yeah, I've been trying to stay active on there and engage. I've been That's where I've been getting the most traction with responses from people. I found, like, people really like it with, the like, the short videos. Like, uh, I'll put, like, out a uh, minute to two-minute clip on Twitter because you can do like the embed of video and a tweet. It's just mm -hmm. kind of a pain because I got to capture the video of my game like an OBS or Fraps and then I pull that into Adobe Premiere Elements and then convert that to a 1280 by 720 video and then I can select that and pull that into a tweet. So it's a little bit, I wish I could just drag and drop it. I've been using this program called screen to gif Oh, okay. Uh, and it is a free thing, and like you, you set the hotkey, and then you drag a square on your desktop wherever you want it to record. Oh! And then it'll record for a little bit, and then you, I just take it from there into uh, Easy GIF on online. Oh, I got to look into that <laughs> because yeah, the process that I'm okay. using is such a headache. It, it works pretty good. I, I I do end up like probably re-recording five or six times because I'll click out of the wrong window or click on something else, and it 
makes a mess for just trying to get like 10 seconds of gameplay or whatever it is I'm trying to show off. Or that's usually like as soon as I start recording, that's when I'll find a bug that I've never seen before. <laughs> <laughs> and the game will crash. Yeah. Like, of course. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that sounds a lot better than a process that I'm using because I'll go and uh, I'll use Fraps to record. Then I'll pull that into this program called VDub. Uh, I forget exactly the name. It's got a couple of different names. It's on my desktop over here. Um, yeah, VDub64. And then that can make an animated GIF as well. But it only accepts uh, AVIs, which is why I have to use Fraps, which is an old video capture program that I bought for World of Warcraft like over 10 years ago. But yeah, Joe, I know people like the animated GIFs because those will automatically play in a tweet. Yeah. Whereas if you do an actual video like an MP4, then you you got to have the person actually click on it to play it. So they're less likely mm -hmm. to do that. I use a Giazo or Giazo too. G-Y-A-Z-O. Oh, okay. I haven't heard That's of that That's a one. free one. But oh. it can only do seven seconds. Oh, okay. The free version. Yeah. But sometimes that's enough. Like, yeah. like I'm just trying to show something. Especially if you're doing an animated GIF, you kind of just want that. And it goes pretty, like, easy just straight from there to Twitter. Yeah. Yeah, very cool. Yeah, I like all your updates and everything that you've been doing there. Uh, so, Ruth Ann, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to show off or talk about? No, I just wanted to say it's really good to see all of you again. Cause yeah. Kind of missing you, you know. Yeah, it feels like old times again. Yeah, I know, I know. And I also would like to compliment you, uh, all of you, really. When I first started going to these, did you say it was back in 2012? Um, so I think. I mean, 2014. Yeah, was I think like, you started right. coming in early 2014 because the Metro Pulse guys came out in late 2013. Like December 2013 is Ludum 28, I think, or 27. Okay. Yeah, then okay. the, the actual article came out in January of 2014. So and I you, came out in February. Yeah, you must have came out in February. Yeah, so it's been exactly five years. Yeah. Um, well, I also wanted to compliment you, Levi. When I first started coming, you know, I would I wouldn't fall asleep, but I wouldn't understand much of anything anybody said. And today, I followed to the end. There wasn't really anything that I would stop and ask a question about. Oh, well, we appreciate that. I appreciate that. I think the online format is a lot better for us. We still get together like two or three times a year for the Lead'em Dari kickoffs, but I think that's going to twice a year now, which is... Uh, oh, really? Yeah, I think it's just April and October now. Oh. Um, but yeah, this is easier for for me uh, where I can just like get online and and do this for an hour because before I was having to drive over to and I know Joe was driving even farther from Morristown um, but yeah I doubt if I ever make another video game but you know I sort of got the bug when you all were talking about it and I was seeing that code up there I was thinking I want to do that I want to do that yeah. but I'm writing a book and I might write another one or two so I doubt if I ever get back into the tech world oh okay well let us know if you ever make anything or if you release your book we'll definitely oh okay We'll give you a plug there. But yeah, huh? it, it just kind of comes and goes with me. I, I was really hard at making games for like five years, ever since, since 2013. But 
now I kind of just want to sit back and play some stuff now. <laughs> I would like to every now and then, you know, just check in, see how y'all are doing. Yeah, you're you're always welcome to to join and, uh, us. When I get to be eighty five, I might want to make another video game. You hey, never... yeah, yeah. You're, <laughs> you're never too old. <laughs> Okay, and uh, yeah, you can check out my stuff. I'm GA Tech Grad on social media, and also LeviDSmith.com uh, is my website where you can play all my games. I have most of them uh, as like web builds that you can play online. Oh, I was going to mention. Uh, let me share up my screen one more time. We're actually on a lot of different sites. Um, oh, I didn't want full screen. I wanted to share share um bring up the web browser here so we're always on stitcher and itunes but we're also on player fm which i have never heard of but i think a lot of these sites just like scrape itunes and then they make playlists so if you're a fan of player fm you can also download the audio get the latest audio on here um, and also, as always, we're on iTunes. You can just go there with uh, and subscribe to us there. Google Play as well. Uh, it's going to load the whole library. And sticker. Yeah, I don't see the other ones. Seems like there was a couple other new ones that were on. But uh, as always, you can go to knoxvillegamedesign.org. Uh, we got a calendar, so you can find out when the latest uh, meetings are. Uh, the next, in, like I mentioned earlier, the next in-person meeting is in April. I don't have that posted yet, but you can get the information, the Google Hangout link for our online meetings here. Um, you can also find like the some people were asking about the directory, so. I try to keep this updated with everyone who has an atten attended one of our meetings and links to their websites and their social media and games uh, sorted by last name so you can quickly find someone on here. Then we also have profile pages. You actually have to go in and create one of these yourself. So I don't maintain these profile pages here, but you can like click on Joe and it'll give information about him and some of his additional links. Uh, right there. Uh, also added this section for member articles, the latest member articles, and find information about the games that we've created for game jams and like the latest monthly meeting video. So yeah, that's gonna wrap it up for stop screen share for February 2019. We appreciate everyone watching and listening, and we'll see everyone back in a month. <laughs>